Hello and welcome to episode 186 of Travel Stories from the Back Again and Gone podcast, being recorded in the beautiful home office of Chateau Relaxo, Florida, and it's once again time for another random show. Thanks for listening. Hello, if you are a new listener, welcome. If you are a returning listener, welcome back. No beer this morning to go along with the show as this is being recorded very early morning around 6 a.m. on Wednesday, March 22nd. And it's once again time for another random show, which equates to right around 20 minutes of content across several topics. And opening up with making the most of a three-day weekend, this is an update from episode 183, where I covered my 2023 travel resolutions, and I talked about the nine remaining federal holidays, most of which, believe it or not, are on a Monday or a Friday, which gives you an automatic three-day weekend. Well, last month, I took Friday, February 17th off, and my company recognizes Monday the 20th as President's Day So for the cost of one PTO day, it gave me a four-day weekend. And while the CEO and I did not head to the airport, we did get a four-day staycation and got a heck of a lot done out in the yard. And during that four-day staycation, I was out front and had a conversation with a neighbor. And he noticed that my car had been in the driveway a lot more than it used to be. So I gave him the whole... 32nd, I don't travel like I used to. I'm now more of a remote slash hybrid worker elevator pitch. And then he asked me, what are your best travel tips? Of course, I gave him the whole book direct, avoid checking luggage, and sign up for TSA pre-check talk track. After which, I took a swig of my AA IPA thinking I was the end of it and I was somewhat proud of myself. But then he followed up with, what are the tips that no one talks about? This answer required a bit more of the double IPA, which is code for, let me think about this while I swallow some more beer. And my first tip is probably a good tip for life. It is to be nice, be considerate, treat people the way that you want to be treated. And for a lot of folks, travel takes them out of their element. It adds a lot of stress, a lot of anxiety, which in turn makes some people do some very inconsiderate things with such as Crowding the boarding area, thinking the plane will leave without them when they have a seat already. Trying to get through TSA with metal in their pockets. That goes along with the aforementioned TSA pre-check. And of course, stopping to get redressed at the end of TSA baggage screening belt. So have some grace as a lot of people are truly out of their element. Another one is if your flight is canceled, do not scream at the gate agent because you and a handful of other folks have also had their flight canceled, and guess what? The gate agent knows it, and if they had some sort of a magic wand to wave and make it all go away, the gate agent would do just that. Another tip is two words, just ask. Looking for an upgrade to your hotel room, a rental car, whatever, just ask. Looking for the best restaurant in town, just ask. I truly believe that people want to help others, but remember tip number one, be nice. Also, make sure you have reservations, reservations for everything. Don't leave anything to chance. Early on in my career, I hit the road without having a hotel reservation for that evening. And this was right around 2001, 2002, 
long before smartphones, so there was no app to open up in order to book a hotel as I was traveling up I-95. That evening, I went from exit to exit along I-95 in South Carolina before I found a hotel with a vacancy 40 miles north of next morning's meeting site. And my last tip would probably be have a plan B and not the one that they advertise on the TV. But it's not if something is goes wrong, it's when something goes wrong. Because it will. Something will happen. Case in point, Atlanta, January 2014, Snowmageddon. I was still living in South Florida down at Frickford Farms and had an early morning flight from Atlanta back to Orlando to pick up my car and then drive the three and a half hours back to South Florida. So being smart, I booked a hotel room near the airport, and as I pulled into the hotel parking lot, Delta texted me or notified me that my morning flight had already been canceled due to the impending storm. I went ahead and checked into the Doubletree, headed to my room, and got online to rebook. Long story short, Delta had no status of an alternative flight, so I went back downstairs to the front desk and explained the weather delay, like they didn't know about it, and then I asked, nicely remember that tip if I could check out of my room and drive back, back to Orlando and drop my rental car off. They said sure and the, the folks at Doubletree knew with the size and the severity of the storm that they would be completely booked. I did manage to outrun the storm and spend the night in Ocala, Florida, but not before getting a very, very, very expensive speeding ticket in Tifton, Georgia. And I believe to this date this was probably one of the top five winter storms in Georgia history. So here's something new, a new section. We're going to call it Travel Jeers, Travel Cheers. And and first, the jeer. This is from Southwest Airlines. To support their current and upcoming Wi-Fi enhancements, Southwest is implementing a new internet pricing model. Effective Tuesday, February 21st, the internet will remain $8, but it will be purchased per leg. They're calling this takeoff and landing and will no longer be $8 as a day pass for the internet. And most Southwest flights are connecting flights. There's only a few directs. You know, if you're going into, say, Atlanta or down to Orlando, there are some directs. But I don't remember the last time I paid for Wi-Fi on Southwest as it's complimentary for A-list preferred status. However, for the first time since 2015, I have absolutely no status West-Southwest. No priority boarding, no priority lane for check-in, no complimentary Wi-Fi. I'm now just a Southwest Rapid Rewards member. And honestly, it's doubtful if I'll take enough flights in the next nine months to even make a list. So the question is, will I pay for Wi-Fi? Probably not. I typically don't work on an airplane. I might check my email, review a presentation, but it's rare that I'll crunch numbers on a spreadsheet or construct some sort of a sales strategy at 30,000 feet of the air. And Southwest has a decent offering of free movies and TV shows for in-flight entertainment. That'll keep me more than occupied for two or three hours. And in this day and age, Wi-Fi should be free on planes. If this was 2005 or 2010, I'd understand it. And I know it costs money to equip an older fleet of planes with newer technology, but add that infrastructure cost into the price of a ticket. You remember when hotels used to charge for Wi-Fi? And cheers to Delta Airlines, my old airline of choice, for their Employee Appreciation Day, which brought $563 million in profit sharing to Delta employees 
and that 563 million translates into a bit more than a five and a half percent pay hike for employees of Delta starting April 1st of this year. So one of the Travel Sphere blog sites, the Points Guy recently posted, it's too expensive. Many travelers are skipping spring break trips this year due to high prices. And for me, after reading the article, it came down to this one paragraph. Some 22% of U.S. adults plan to travel for spring break. These are likely adults with school-aged children or college students. However, more than half, a staggering 66%, said they've been priced out of at least one of their first choices for spring break. Well, easily said and done. I mean, I'd love to go to Ireland or Scotland for spring break, but I can't afford it. Back to the story, O-Town here is a spring break destination due to the Mouse House, Universal, and SeaWorld. And you can also drive a tank here and shoot a machine gun if you want to. And it's rare that I end up in that part of town where the Mouse House is or Universal. So I can't honestly say that traffic is any lighter this year or any heavier. And also, this is the first time in six years that the entrepreneur isn't working at Universal during spring break. So we haven't heard him complain about the volume of people in the park, but I can tell you that both the Mouse House and Universal are expensive. In 2023, a week at the Mouse House for a family of four is north of $6,000, and Universal is a bit less, but you're still going to have to open up your wallet. And you can certainly comb the interwebs and save some money, but park tickets for a family of four are still going to run you several hundred dollars a day not to mention if you plan to eat inside the park. So you can shop your pricing for some airfare rentals and hotels, but that's about it. Now, if you want to sit through one of those ice pick in the eyeball timeshare presentations, you will save money on park tickets, but you're not going to save thousands of dollars. I booked a hotel room for an upcoming trip a few weeks ago and even a month out in advance, a Hampton Inn that was a hundred bucks a year or two ago is now $180 before taxes and fees. In 2023, travel is expensive. Every single piece related to travel is expensive. But here's one last tip. If your summer travel includes leaving the country, now is time to make sure that your passport is still valid. Here's something else to ponder. As weed becomes legal in more states, can you bring weed through airport security? For instance, you're flying from a state where weed or marijuana is legal to a state where marijuana or weed is also legal. You should be good to go, right? Nope. No matter your departure and arrival destination, it is illegal to fly with marijuana. Want to know why? Marijuana possession still remains illegal under federal law. And when you fly, because the federal agencies are in charge, it is a federal law. That's why causing an S-storm of fits and anger on a plane can get you into so much trouble. So I put a Google on flying with weed and I came across this Yahoo News article that added, honestly, TSA is not searching for marijuana or even drugs. And I think we all knew this, but keep in mind that TSA canines are trained to detect explosive odors, not drugs. However, if a TSA officer finds marijuana or other drugs during a routine screening process, they are supposed to notify the local law enforcement who make the final call. This may be another place where my first tip, just be nice, especially to the TSA agent that popped you with some weed, be nice. Now, I am not a marijuana enthusiast, but I do admire their passion. 
and we've talked about this before, but marijuana enthusiasts become obsessed with marijuana. Where are they going to find marijuana? When is the next time they're going to smoke marijuana? What new ways can I find in which to smoke marijuana? So all you marijuana enthusiasts, don't take your weed to the airport. So here's another one to ponder. Why aren't Hondas available as rental cars? Hondas are everywhere. I had a 1986 four-door Civic followed by a 1992 Civic SI, which is one of my top four favorite cars of all time. But when it comes to rentals, I typically go with the uh, Hyundai Sonata or Toyota Camry, so don't be jealous. Now, the main reason for my choices, it comes down to one thing. I know my iPhone 8, yes, I'm that guy, will work with their Bluetooth system. So back to why I know Hondas, believe it or not, there are actually reasons. Rental cars are purchased in bulk. They're not purchased five at a time, six at a time. And fleet sales usually result in a lower profit margin per vehicle because they're bought directly from the manufacturer and not a dealership. And Honda refuses to discount their vehicles to sell to rental car companies. And this is true. I have driven a fleet car for the past 22, 23 years. And every time my new car comes in, I have to chase down the dealership in order to pick it up. And the reason is the dealership didn't sell the car and they don't recognize any or maybe a small amount of profit from the sale. Also, fleet sales can adversely affect the resale value of each vehicle because the market is flooded with that model. And again, true. Each time, time my fleet car is due to replace, I do have the option to purchase it. And I've done it a couple times over the years. And we chip, typically churn cars every 36 months or 60,000 miles. And the one car that I should have bought but didn't was my 2007 Chrysler Pacifica. And when I picked this car up, it had a window sticker price on it of $32,000. It was a beautiful car. Three-row leather seats, heated seats. It was top of the line. I don't know how we stumbled into that deal, but we did. Two years later, I had 91,000 miles on it. The car had new tires, a new transmission, and the asking price was $6,100, and I passed on it. So they do devalue very quickly, and that's why fleet cars almost always sell at a significantly lower price than their counterparts. And then finishing up with this, fleet vehicles almost always sell for significantly lower price than their counterparts, which are cars that are typically owned by a single user. And as we all know, rental cars have a reputation for abuse. And that's why you never purchase a used rental car. And what's the difference between a Jeep and a rental car? A rental car you can take anywhere. So next time you do rent a car, do yourself a favor and take a quick video as you walk around your rental. That way you have a video of any existing damage already done to the rental. And I once picked up a rental with less than 10 miles on it. I think they literally had just rolled this thing off the car carrier. And while for most, this is a dream. For a road warrior, this is a nightmare because any damage that was on that car when I returned it was definitely caused by me. So have you ever heard of or used lugless? So lugless, they will ship your luggage, skis, surfboards, clubs, all of your stuff to wherever you are planning to go for a price. It's a four-step process. You get labels. You can get labels in one of three ways. You can print them out the old-fashioned way at home. You can have digital labels sent to your phone, or you can have them mail you pre-printed labels. 
Step two, send the bags. So now you need to go and take your luggage to UPS or FedEx, depending on which labels you have or what you paid for. Step three, travel light. This is where the travel without baggage part comes in. Grab your iPad or your iPhone, head to the airport. You can actually track your lugless shipment from anywhere. And then step four, arrive relaxed. UPS or FedEx will deliver the luggage directly to your destination address, and you can skip the dreaded baggage claim. So what does this service cost? Glad you asked. On the lugless site, I selected a one-way, one carry-on up to 25 pounds from Chateau Relaxo to the Atlanta airport with the arrival date of Monday, April 3rd. So pricing is on a sliding scale. And if I drop my luggage off the Wednesday before my destination at FedEx, the cost is $17.99. If I do it on Thursday, it jumps to $22.99. And if I push it to Friday, my only option is UPS and the cost is $87.99. If I swap my carry-on for a checked bag, which gives me up to 50 pounds, the price increases. That Wednesday price jumps to $24.99, Thursday is $29.99, and my Friday UPS option is now $132. So maybe I'm packing a little bit heavy. I've got some oversized luggage. I have up to 75 pounds. Wednesday now is $37.99, Thursday is $42.99, and my Friday UPS option jumps to $192. Again, the pricing is one way. But there's more. There's always more. And we know that it comes in the form of the add-on, a.k.a. the support plan, a.k.a. the insurance. And pricing for this ranges from zero, which really covers nothing. It's free up to $46, which gives you $700 of coverage and is fully refundable, plus the $46. You have to admit, people will always pay someone else to do something that they don't want to do. Is lugless for me? Nope. Is it a fit for somebody? Absolutely. We have done the USPS. If it fits, it ships flat rate box where you can fill a 12 inch by 12 inch by six inch box with whatever and ship it home for less than $15. And we've shipped home souvenirs we've picked up along the ways. Even one time, I remember we shipped a week's worth of dirty clothes home. This took two boxes, but you know, for right around 30 bucks, we had two boxes of dirty clothes waiting for us when we got home. Then finishing up with this one last question from one mile at a time, should you tip in a hotel club lounge? And the post starts out with tipping adequate when traveling can be complicated and a controversial subject. Absolutely. The more you travel, the more confusing it all is. I don't know if I agree with that or not, but the article's tipping is tipping in a hotel club lounge is not expected. So here's my take. My late father, the original road warrior, once told me it's amazing the feeling you can get from adding an extra dollar to a tip. This goes for restaurants. This goes for hotel rooms. This goes for hotel lounges. Did you enjoy that new Miller Lite? How much would have that cost you in a hotel bar? Four bucks, five bucks? So leave a few shekels for the hotel lounge staff after you slammed two Miller Lights and had a plate of chips and liquid cheese. Also, here's probably one last tip, and this comes from Mark Peacock over at Travel Commons, is make sure you travel with some cash. We are quickly becoming a cashless society. Whether that's good or not, I have no idea. But make sure you have a handful or more of singles in your wallet, even if you're not planning on spending time at a gentleman's club. 
you know, leave a dollar for two for the housekeeping staff. Like my dad said, it's amazing the feeling you can get from adding an extra dollar to a tip. Well, there you have it. Episode 186, another random show, is in the books. If you want detailed show notes, links, and pictures, head over to podpage.com slash travel hyphen stories. Visit us at Substack, travelstories.substack.com. Leave me a message at Anchor. Shoot me an email, travelfrick at gmail.com. That's travelfrick at gmail.com. As I always say, travel safe, stay safe, and thanks for listening. Thank you.